You die once, and suddenly you're not invisible. Explore the story of Heed, who was a corpse for a while, but is back to life and trying to learn about just what had happened, only to discover the story is far stranger than that. Inspired by manga, Alter X Artifact is a new LGBTQ webcomic for mature readers revolving around magic and political espionage. This comic features fantastic elements, gripping storytelling, and impressive visuals that pull you into the strange but fascinating world of the comic. Alter X Artifact explores themes of magic, dreams, and relationships, all while deftly weaving a compelling mystery with eye-catching visuals. You're still in time to enjoy the exciting prologue as well, but you gotta hurry over on to the website. So if you're looking for your next weekly webcomic read, you need to go to alterxartifact.com. That is alterxartifact.com. Now back to the show. Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week is Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how you doing? Well, it's better to be Mike the Skeptic than Mike the Septic. Ooh, man. Do you mean like sepsis or like a septic tank? Well, they're both. They basically mean the same thing, right? Sure. I mean, I had my leg go septic, sort of, so or whatever, so I guess I technically had a septic tank in my leg. That's fun. Yes. I didn't know how to respond to that. Yeah, I I knew about it, but I just... Yeah, yeah, just knock that right out of your fucking head. All right, and we do not have David with us this week. He is currently under the weather. We miss you, buddy. Uh, I got a story right up front. By the way, this is the weekend weird. And Mike and I have combed the internet in a frantic attempt to find some news. (laughs) And uh, do you mind if I go first? Sure. Because my first one, David's going to hate not being on this one. I know you're listening right now, David. So uh, this one's for you. Is uh, of course, from MysteriousUniverse.org, Paul Seaburn, my doppelganger. Uh, This came out April 7th, 2023. First case of a man infected by a plant-killing fungus is the last of us. Is this the last of us? The Last of Us is a popular apocalyptic science fiction series centered around the spread of an unusual fungus which infects humans and turns them into zombies. While many novels, movies, and series have used a mass infection or pandemic as their plot, from the Andromeda strain to outbreak to infection, The Last of Us appears to be the first to use a fungus jumping from a plant to humans. That may be because it is biologically rare for pathogens to jump from plants to humans. Until now. A man in India visited a health clinic with symptoms that made the doctors think they could easily diagnose their cause until they analyzed pus from a sore in his throat and discovered a fungal presence. Tests showed it came from a plant fungus. Did the man survive? Is The Last of Us now a documentary series? Oh, shit, it's Silverleaf. Yeah, it's a rose fungus. Yeah. 
And in fact, when we're doing, I had this tab open when, uh, well, a different version of this news story, but I had it open when we're doing that episode and I just never found a way to slide it in. Oh, I totally would have. Like when David was talking about how it was a possibility, I would have been like, "Uh, excuse me. I mean, I think I'd forgotten by some point, but I had it and I thought of it. Oh, the patient, a plant mycologist by profession, was working with decaying materials, uh, mushrooms and various plant fungi, for a long time as part of his research activities. Uh, And it's his continued exposure that may have been the uh, cause of it. So isn't that fun? Yeah, well, you know, be careful. Yeah. Wear a goddamn mask or something. So, I, what do you think about that? I mean... Like, I last week scared the shit out of me as far as, like, you know, fungus murder. And yeah. uh, now this happens. Well, unless you're, like, huffing, you know, this fungus. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't have much, much of a issue. But, yeah, I mean, it's... He didn't die or anything, so... Yeah, that's fair. He didn't die. He was. <clears throat> uh, of course, um, this being mysterious... Oh, and this isn't recent either. This was two years ago. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, the, the news stories went around, obviously, this year because yes. of The Last of Us. But uh, he was clear as of two years, you know... Two years ago, well, he, he got, was He fine. caught it two years ago, and to this day, he's still clear of it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I, that that's that's good to know. I just you know I I think it's funny that it really hit the news cycle like the day after we recorded. Everybody yeah. starts sending me this link, and I'm like, "You sons of bitches!" And so and, and also it like hit the news cycle after the Last of Us had you know ended yes. the season. You think of when the first episode this would have you know made its rounds. Yeah, you would have thought, but. Also, just Mysterious Universe, of course. I'm not going to read the rest of the article because it's shockingly long. But uh, it is very um, sensationalistic. It's very much... Because, like, the very last image is a picture of the Grim Reaper in front of a mushroom cloud. That's why, also, the tale was uh, recounted in uh, this month, which is March. In March's issue of the Medical uh, Mycologist. Yeah, medical mycology case reports. That I did not know that was a thing, and how boring. <clears throat> David probably has a subscription. Oh, he probably eats that shit with a spoon. And that's why he's out right now. He's infected with a fungus. No, actually, I think he's got a cold. That's not funny. So, um, But yeah, no, I love it. It's got a picture of a fucking uh, nuclear mushroom cloud with a grim reaper standing in front of it. And I'm like, way to way to play it down, guys. Well, that that's your copy. Mike, the copy I <clears throat> had and it's still looking at again is uh, just had a picture of mushrooms on a tree stump. Well, again, you're on a news site. I'm I on am on. I still not much of a news site. Yeah, but it's 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 not mysterious universe. Yes. Which is like, we're all going to die. Find out how. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I just thought it was funny. Like, right after we did the episode, look what's making the rounds. So, uh, what have you got? Um, so, so when, when you think of a T-Rex, what, 
What do you think of? Well, how does it look? How does its face look? Um, honestly, now most people are going to say like Jurassic Park with the big teeth and the rah and the eyes. I kind of picture like, you know, we've discovered dinosaurs have feathers, right? Yeah. I just picture like it covered in poofy feathers. So it just looks like a baby uh, chicken with like a little bit of a beak sticking out. I, I think they're just adorable. Well, you know, but the, the traditional thing is, you know, these big, the kind of crocodile-looking... Yeah. With the teeth. teeth sticking out and everything. Well, uh, according to a study published uh, since Thursday, but this was in March, but published in March in the journal Science, uh, the dinosaur, uh, at least T-Rexes may have had lips. Oh, God. Not like big pouty lips, but, you know, something mm. more similar to like a Komodo dragon. Oh, kind of scaly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of that, actually. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't bother me as much as I thought it would, except in some of the pictures where it just kind of looks... Mm. Uh, looks looks like he's going to gum you. Yeah, yeah. It's like geriatric dinosaur coming after you. Which, I mean... Yeah. I mean, I, they, I don't know. They found, like, uh, patterns of wear on the teeth that are... From lips. That are, yeah consistent with having lips and i think you know when you don't have lips your teeth will wear out a lot quicker yes not protected which yes. is you know why you would i guess evolutionarily develop lips. lips yeah not so, just for smiling and kissing yes and i'm just picturing mick jagger lips on it yeah and and that's hilarious to me if if we've got anybody that's so inclined that's a listener please head to our discord and post a picture of Mick Jagger tyrannosaurus just 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 kissy mouth just mm, just, just taking duck selfies face. all the time yeah just, just duck face dinosaur not to be confused with a duckbill dinosaur no but yeah um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting we're discovering all this neat stuff about so, dinosaurs now. So, so T-Rexes now had lips, were covered in feathers. Uh, yeah, they're just kind of weird, weird um, birds. It kind of sounds a little bit like it could have been on RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm, maybe. It's fabulous. It, uh, as far as I know, it's delightful. Turns out T-Rex really wasn't that aggressive and just like, you know. Well, you know, there's been some theory for a long time that it was that they were scavengers. Mm. Which I kind of feel like it probably did both. Yeah. I don't I mean, think a, a, an animal like that uh, would turn down a meal wherever. No, so most animals don't unless it's like, you know, I think if it's very rotted, then that's kind of the area of specialized uh, carrion yeah. eaters. Which, I'm curious what dinosaur was probably like a carrion eater. Mm. The Hobosaurus or something, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm fascinated by the idea of, like, you know, what the dinosaur vulture was. Like, what is the turkey buzzardosaurus? If you know, please contact us and let us know. I hate to keep throwing that out there, but, like, I don't know. I'm interested. Yeah. So we're kind of burning through these quick. So I'm glad I've got a two-parter here. Yeah. So Mike, <clears throat> I was looking in strange news on the AP website and I found one and then the sequel. Yes. I All saw right. those two. Okay. 
Arizona Dairy Queen on the hunt for missing red spoon statue, which if it's an inanimate object, isn't it just a giant whatever the inanimate object is? I mean, like it, it's no, not really a statue of a spoon. It's just a giant well, it, spoon. It is a representation of a spoon because it's not actually meant for eating. But it could be usable if there were a human big enough. I don't know if it was made of like concrete or something. Yeah, at not. that point, it doesn't matter because you're big enough to use it. Also, where would you get that much ice cream? The Dairy Queen. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. So, Phoenix AP. The owners of a Dairy Queen in Phoenix remain perplexed and slightly amused as to why someone would steal the giant red spoon that adorned their restaurant. Quote, we were kind of upset when they said, we were kind of upset, but then more puzzled. Pooja Ka- okay. Pooja Kalra said Wednesday. Did I just say Wednesday? Yes, you did say Wednesday. I'm sitting here trying to pronounce a name right, and I just went all over. So, Pooja Kalra said Wednesday. What are they going to do with a spoon? She and her husband, Raman Kalra, said the spoon snatching occurred sometime between late Friday and early Saturday. The 15-foot-tall, 4.5-meter spoon stood against the side of the building with the handle nestled in an opening of a roof parapet. Their surveillance camera caught two people appearing to manipulate the screws that held the spoon to a base and then taking off on a small motorbike. That is wow. not what I was expecting them no. to be in. Uh, that, that seems more like a light-duty pickup caper at least. It must <clears throat> be plastic then. I don't know. They were so uh, precise about it like they had done it before, Raman Kara said. They just wiggled their way through and made sure the spoon was not damaged. The couple reported the theft to Phoenix Police. Sergeant Brian Bauer confirmed officers were called and are investigating. No sp- suspects have identified. Getting another spoon made, delivered, then installed would cost over $7,000, Raman Kalra said. Man, these single-use plastics are getting out of hand. I swear to God, man. Can you imagine, like, the garbage can full of those? <laughs> Dairy Queen is known for doling out plastic red spoons with their soft-serve blizzards. The Kalras, who are, in, in, who are Indian immigrants, moved to Phoenix from Minnesota. That's not where I thought that was going in 2007 and decided to go into business operating a Dairy Queen. Well, that's kind of obvious. Um, I'm sure they they were in Minnesota after coming over from India. And sure. And they moved to Phoenix. Yeah, what if, what, what if not? Well, let's but, uh, <laughs> I mean, but, but that makes sense because an Indian living in Minnesota sounds kind of miserable. Uh, anyone living in Minnesota well, sounds yes. kind of miserable. Well, except Minnesotans. They, they love it, love it yeah. Now, they, they now own 34 franchise locations. This Phoenix one is the only Arizona Dairy Queen with the towering red spoon. Sounds like a draw to me. I know. I mean, like, I'd be kind of pissed about losing the spoon. <clears throat> also, I kind of wish we had a Dairy Queen around here that had a spoon like that. Yeah. I don't know. The fact that he knew how much it would cost leads me to question, is it a custom-made thing? I mean, probably. I'm sure there's not a place that just 
shits out giant red spoons. That's, yeah. Mike, the good news is we have a happy ending. Yeah. That previous story was uh, from the AP on March 30th. April 3rd, 2023, spoon spotted, Arizona Dairy Queen's big red spoon found. Now, in the pictures, it shows it behind a fence. And then if you click on it, there's a slideshow. And the next picture is a police officer securing it to the (laughs) roof of his SUV. And the spoon part is on the back of it. So it it looks kind of like a weird catapult. It does. It looks like a catapult or a Hot Wheel. (laughs) I, I love that. It's it's like whoever those to all of them. They should just to scare people. So I guess whoever stole it was tired of like, you know, cooking their heroin in it. Well, uh, I I guess, but Phoenix AP, a giant red spoon that was stolen from an Arizona Dairy Queen and sparked a mystery on social media was found Monday morning, and it's partly thanks to Pokemon Go. You remember when that was, like, in the news? People were finding dead bodies and shit? No. Like, people were playing Pokemon Go, and it's like, hey, there's a Pikachu over, ah, a corpse. That was, like, the thing when Pokemon Go first came out. I'd never heard of that. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, people were finding all kinds of shit. That's what happens when you get out of the house and actually walk around. Yeah, it's dangerous out there, man. Fuck that. I'm staying in. So, Michael Foster, 52, was playing the outdoor mobile game when he spotted the 15-foot, 4.5-meter, spoon around 7 a.m. It was lying on the ground behind a fence that surrounds a Phoenix Middle School baseball field just two miles from the scene of the heist. The heat was too was too high for those who stole it they uh, they just they the heat was on they're like what are we gonna do we got the spoon we can't keep it i want to keep it god damn it no we can't keep the spoon they're gonna catch us the heat's on us the first thing i did was send a picture to my wife and say it's the spoon she said call the police foster told the associated press I can confirm the Dairy Queen Red Spoon was located and recovered this morning. This morning? God, you're just... I am. I'm not even drinking. You're the one with the podcast juice. Yes. Uh, Recovered this morning, Sergeant Brian Bowers said in an email Monday. Detectives are continuing to search for the suspects who took the spoon, he added. Police are encouraging the public to submit any tips. A school maintenance man came over and pushed it over the fence to foster who handed it to Phoenix police. Quote, I set it down. They never actually did the lifting after we got it over the fence, Foster said. They strapped it to the top of a police cruiser. This is Arizona. They don't sound that I'm sorry. Everybody's got that voice when I read for some reason. Uh, It's either that or a New York accent. Foster said nobody else was around and the school was just opening when he saw it. Quote, I did... I did kind of look around and was like, what? One guy did finally come by and was like, is that what I think it is? Yeah, that's a spoon, Foster said. Oh, wow. There's a lot more uh, for having just found a fucking spoon. Uh, But yeah, happy ending. The spoon was found. It just goes on to recap the, you know, the story. Yeah. Do you think it was like very Ocean's Eleven? Oh. Have the setup. 
they they said those they seemed like there were pros at it so maybe they had yeah. like you know they scoped it out and they were like you know, t- dun, took pictures dun, 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 and like dun. went back to their garage and like you know did oh, the whole board and like yeah. all the pictures and oh, planned out like there there is one thing i got to read here ooh and oh. it was it was the whole thing where like you don't see it happen and then there's just the end and then it goes to like a flashback all Soderbergh flashback oh oh like heist. uh like uh, that remake of The Italian Job? Just about every Soden- yeah. Sodenberg does that. Yeah. Well, owners Raman and Pooja Kalra said last week that they hope to get it back. Getting another spoon made, delivered in the install, would cost over $7,000. They even resorted to creative strategies, such as printing t-shirts for their staff that said, Where's my spoon? Well, Kevin, their spoon is in fact too big. Oh my God, you're right. My spoon is too big. I actually really want a "Where's My Spoon" shirt now. So, so apparently the the, the police imp- they weren't taking the spoon back to them. They impounded the spoon because uh, yeah, he had to go pick it up from the police. Yeah, what a bu- man, a cab man. They're gonna have to like. I hope they like put a padlock or something on it this time, Make or it like a harder. Or- or like a air tag or something. Oh yeah, and that. Oh, and it's Arizona, so you can just drive out there and shoot them. <laughs> like that guy with his with his truck. Ooh, here's too bad we didn't get on this. All this guy's this one guy set for life. The couple who own 34 locations also offered a reward of free Blizzard treats for anyone who helped facilitate the spoon's return. So the guy got at least a free Blizzard out of it. Foster said he doesn't need a reward. Oh, come on. Man, Get that what the, blizzard. look, I'm diabetic. I would still go after some blizzard, man. I mean, admittedly, yes, it's probably like just a blizzard with barely anything in it. It's got like an M&M on so, top, but so still. My first job was at a Dairy Queen. I remember. Tell, tell and, them about that, Mike. And so it was, a these, these sound like nicer owners than the guy that owned my dairy queen oh I, I, because, dude, it's uh, been decades and i still remember those stories we we got no discount on food when we're what the on the shift yeah so you know what we would do we would ring up the most basic ass like you know dollar hamburger and just make god burger like you yes know, double triple double triple bacon cheese and you know, and it was just the burger. Now, you know, also got you know fries and everything. So, and also, I would go. One of my favorite things, and this is why I'm fat, would be uh-huh. to go into the uh, cooler and get little cupfuls of the uh, cookie dough mix-ins. And oh shit, it. dude! Yes, man. I'm glad I didn't get oh, that and job. The, the, the 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 M&M pieces. Yeah. Mm. Now, now, how did you lose that job again, Mike? It caught on fire. Yeah. For the second time. The second time. Yeah, the first now, time I was there. Or yeah, at least the first time I know of. You know what my favorite part about you, be- the, you being there was you bravely grabbing the fire extinguisher and it wasn't charged. I don't remember that. You said you grabbed the fire extinguisher, pulled the thing, you went to put... You pulled the thing, you, you know, you squeeze the, the trigger yeah. and nothing happened. Yeah. There was nothing but in it. The only thing I do... I don't remember that part, but I do remember... Uh, that the fire department came. We were, you know, standing by for the fire. But it's a grill. So I guess I should go. It was a fire on the grill. So it's not like yes. the whole store was on fire. But it was right. flaring really bad. Uh-huh. Um, because we were lazy teenagers and didn't always clean the grills like we were supposed to. Also, the manager slash owner was a dickbag. Yes, he so. was. 
But uh, and so there's this grill's on fire, and the fire department shows up, and we're thinking, yeah, they'll bring their own fire extinguishers in or something. You know what they do? What's that? They get our hose from behind the store and just start spraying water on the grill from our hose. You don't do that to a grease the, fire. The grill is just flaring up even worse. Yeah, and everything, and finally it goes what the out. Shit? But yeah, it's just like it's just he looked like he was watering his lawn, just kind of you know holding the hose, just kind of sprinkling it back and forth, just oh yeah. There's a fire, it's grill, it's flaring up. And, but the, the other, the thing that really took this one out was, uh, luckily I wasn't there that day, but, uh, the the grill flared up again. Go figure. If you think that we weren't cleaning the, uh, grill as often as we should, what we never, ever cleaned was the vent hoods. Oh, I didn't even know you were supposed to clean those before this happened. But yeah, and so yeah, the, it's fl- new to the me. fire, well, you think about it, it catches all the grease and there's like traps and stuff. There's like little mesh uh, stainless steel filters that mm-hmm. collect it and all. So yeah, so what happened is the grill flared up and the fire got high enough. It caught the grease in the <laughs> oh, vent hood on fire. It. And that started burning, you know, in the ceiling. Oh yeah, that'll happen. And so that's what took that Dairy Queen out. You know, that reminds me of the time uh, your mom and I worked for uh, uh, the real estate appraiser. Yeah. Okay, in the in the office next door, it used to be a guy that uh, cleaned and repaired shoes. Mm. And he had a huge vat of chemicals that he used for, like, doing something with shoes. Shoe and it chemicals. was it was just open. Yeah. And he had a vent over it that went into the ceiling because it's fucking toxic fumes. Yes. Well, they were retarring the roof one time, and somebody flicked a cigarette into that thing, and it went down the vent into the chemicals, burst into flame, and nearly burned the building down. Jeez. Yep. So, yeah, fire. Fire's fun. Yes. So what have you got for... Uh, for your next one, Mike. Um, what do I have for my next one? That's the spoon thing. Uh, I this no. Okay, so here's one from uh, yesterday. Okay, cool. So, Cape Town, South Africa. See if you can. Yeah, a. Pilot in South Africa made an emergency landing uh, after discovering a highly venomous cobra hiding under his seat. Holy shit! It was a motherfucking snake on a motherfucking plane. That's or for our you know censored versions, monkey fighting a, snake on this Monday through Friday plane. Correct. Okay. But uh. Rudolph Aramis had four passengers on board the light aircraft during Monday's flight when he felt, quote, something cold slide across his lower back. Oh, my God. His legs at first. It was his lower back. He glanced down to see the head of a fairly large Cape Cobra receding back under the seat. It's (laughs) It's as if my brain didn't know what was going on, he told the Associated Press. After taking a moment to compose himself... And empty his drawers. Yeah. He informed his passengers of this slippery stowaway. 
Uh, attention, passengers. Uh, there's a fucking snake on this plane. Um, if you see it, could you kindly chop its motherfucking head off? Start screaming, and a stewardess will come and scream with you. Erasmus. Er, Erasmus? Erasmus, yes. Called air traffic control for permission to make an emergency landing in the town of Welcome in. Oh, I just I was reading that and now I got it. Welcome in Central oh, South God Africa. Oh God, damn it! Okay, <laughs> welcome. It's spelled W-E-L-K-O-M. Welcome. But he still had to fly for another ten to fifteen minutes and land the plane with the snake curled up by his feet. I kept, Fuck. Quote, I kept looking down to see where it was. It was happy under the seat, Erasmus said. I don't have a big fear of snakes, but I normally don't go near them. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't like it. So, uh, once they once they landed, they were met with uh, animal control officers. Uh-huh. Uh, and the the scary thing is, is once they landed and you know everything, they couldn't find the snake. It was just gone. What? That? What? So they burned the plane down, right? Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? Yeah, they don't know if it snuck out or went deeper into the plane where they couldn't easily see. Oh uh, God. The engineering company Erasmus works for wanted its plane back in the city of Bumbella. Sorry if I butchered that. Yeah. In a southern in northern South Africa. So he had to fly it back home, a 90-minute voyage with the possibility that the Cobra was still on board. You know what? Maybe at this point, get another pilot. Unsurprisingly, his passengers decided to look for another way to get home. No shit, huh? But this time, uh, Erasmus took precautions. He wore a thick winter jacket, he said, wrapped in a blanket around his seat. He had a fire extinguisher, a can of insect repellent, <laughs> and a golf club within arm's reach in the cockpit. <laughs> I just picture him for 90 minutes going, no, no fucking snake in me, motherfucker. Ooh, I would say I was, a, I was on high alert, Erasmus said. I would have had a machete. The Cobra didn't reappear on that flight, and the plane has now been completely stripped, but still no sign of the snake. It's in someone's pants. And it's a trouser snake now. Yes. Well, that's... That's horrifying. I mean, like, that's that's literally... I've had nightmares where that happened. Not exactly like I was flying a plane, but like, snake. You know? Snake. Oh, it's snake. a snake. Snake. Oh, God. I just got that. <laughs> Fuck. I hate that so much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. That's that's fun. Fuck. What would you do if uh, you, you found a snake crawling on you? Well, I mean, if you don't logically, I'll just say this out first. Logically, if you don't make any sudden movements and it came near you, so it's not seeing you as a threat. You're at just the moment. warm, basically. As long as you just don't do anything rash, yeah. you should be okay. 
But of course, I would also, if I knew it was a highly venomous snake, I would be freaking the fuck out. Because oh. I mean, I'm not afraid of snakes, but I'm afraid of getting bit by something that is highly venomous. Yes. Yes, I have had dreams where I've died uh, from a snake bite. So, yeah, no, fuck I mean, snakes. I mean, I've, I've held, like, non-venomous snakes before. They're fine. I haven't. They're cool. I, I have cool snakes. Are you? Yeah. Okay, well, that's good for you. I, I've never had a good experience with them. You, you don't remember, like, uh, you, you weren't there when uh, a... Trying to think of how to refer to him without naming names. Is this a someone we worked with at Roses? No. Oh, uh, old friend of yours, Monkey. Oh right, Monkey. Yeah, when when he lived with me, he uh, he had found some grass snakes in the yard. Oh, and kept them in that uh, that display. Remember the display case? Yes. he had the big glass thing. He had kept them in there. You never did. You ever see him in there? No. Yeah, those little little grass snakes. Those things are adorable because they look like they're like the size of a large earthworm, but they're little oh. snakes and they have little heads. And okay, they're so small they can't bite you. Yeah, well, still, uh, yeah. I guess if I were exposed to that, maybe I'd learn to love snakes. But like, I've not had good experience with snakes in general. So mostly because I had an asshole cousin and uncle that would like throw rubber snakes at me and act like they were real when I was a small child. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got me and snakes don't get along because of that. Yeah. So something I, I'm not down with, um, tormenting children, my uncle's wife, I guess I would technically make her my aunt, you know, the uncle I went to high school with. Yes. His, his wife, uh, for a while, I remember one time I visited her, them, uh, she had, tarantulas oh no like, like four or five of them uh, oh now i personally that i can't jive with i can't jive spiders. with that but uh one my my nephew had one and it bit him oh yeah and then the spider died because apparently my nephew's poisonous which makes sense since he's related to me yeah uh. you know but uh, yeah, I, I'm I fuck snakes in general. You know, not not specific, but in general. Yes. So uh, you know, if if you know if you keep snakes, great. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you can do that. I got my own personal beef. Um, now this is a fun one, and it's kind of it's kind of a, a bookend piece to our really wanting to eat want to eat extinct species yes this article from the ap news once again this one's by mike quarter came out march 28th elephant in the dining room startup makes mammoth meatball throw another mammoth on the barbie an australian company on tuesday lifted the glass cloche on a meatball made of lab-grown cultured meat using the genetic sequence from the longings pachyderm, saying it was meant to fire up public debate about the high-tech treat. The launch in an Amsterdam science museum came just days before April 1st, so there was an elephant in the room. Is this for real? Quote, This is not an April Fool's joke, said Tim Nokesmith, founder of the Australian startup Val. This is a real innovation. Cultivated meat 
also called cultured or cell-based meat, is made from animal cells. Livestock doesn't need to be killed to produce it, which advocates say is better not just for the animals, but for also for the environment. Values publicly available, available genetic information from the mammoth filled missing parts with genetic data from its closest living relative, the African elephant, and inserted it into a sheep cell, Noak Smith said. Given the right conditions in a lab, the cell multiplied until there were enough to roll up into the meatball. More than a hundred companies around the world are working on cultivating meat products, many of them startups like Val. Experts say that if the technology is widely adopted, it could vastly reduce the environmental impact of global meat production in the future. Currently, Billions of acres of land are used for agriculture worldwide. But don't, don't expect this to land on plates around the world anytime soon. So far, tiny Singapore is the only country to have approved cell-based meat for consumption. Val was hoping to sell its first product there, a cultivated Japanese quail meat, later this year. The mammoth meatball is a one-off and is, has not been tasted even by its creators. Nor is it planned to be put into commercial production. Instead, it was presented as a source of protein that would get people talking about the future of meat. Now, we could keep going with this article, but I want to talk about the fact that why even do it if you're not going to eat it? I mean, like they said, it was just, you know, a publicity stunt. Okay, sure. But are you telling me that nobody in the lab maybe took a little bit? Okay, oh, God. I mean, well... So, oh, I'm, hmm. it was slow baked. Then the outside was cooked with a blowtorch and they said it smelled good. So I don't know. I mean, it just depends on how cavalier they were. Um, because like, for instance, uh, on a space station, there's been mm-hmm. several experiments where they did things like, one of the most infuriating, it seems to me, yeah. was where they baked cookies on the International Space Station. Okay. But it was part of an experiment, so they didn't get to eat them. What the shit? They just brought them back for oh, study. fuck you. Bring si- cook six, bring back five, eat one. Yeah, that. I mean, that was just... But also where they're growing, like, you know, tomatoes and things, but they're not... Yeah, but nobody ever... Well, okay, I say that, but I know people that have done this, but, like, I'm not going to smell a tomato and be like, hmm, got to eat that. Cookies, the smell of baking cookies and then not getting any. I mean, like, that'd be the first murder in space. I mean, sure, they were testing out, you know, baking methods in space, but, yeah, you when you're in... Kitchen, when you're cooking in the kitchen, a lot of times it's experimenting, and you eat your failures. Yes, yes, you well, well for a given value of failure. I mean, like an over, slightly overcooked cookie. Oh yeah, sure, okay. A misshapen cookie. The cookie that looks like perhaps it was removed from a patient. Yes, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. But like, okay, here's the thing. We both agreed that like, fucking dodo. Probably delicious. Mankind contributed to the death of the mammoth because it was so goddamn tasty and there was so much of it. It was a major food source for our species. 
while we coexisted. I want mammoth. Yeah. I want to eat mammoth more than I want to eat dodo. Because the other thing is, they said when they cooked it, it tastes, smelled good. Quote, the folks who were there, they said the aroma was something similar to another prototype that we produced before, which was crocodile, Noka Smith said. So, super fascinating to think that adding the protein from an animal that went extinct 4,000 years ago gave it a totally unique and new aroma, something we haven't smelled as a population for a very long time. I'm sitting here going, what if it's a genetic thing? Like, you're just like, this is the best thing I've ever smelled in my entire life. I have to eat it. I'm just saying, I want to eat this damn thing. Yeah. I completely agree. And, and yeah, I mean, like, they had to... Somebody ate it and just didn't say anything. I mean, you'd think. You would think. Just just a little nibble or, you know, they... Just, yeah, like... Obviously, they made this meatball a certain size. Well, who's to say they didn't make it just slightly smaller and have a little bit and just, like... Or made it slightly bigger, you mean? Well, no, no. So you have, you know, X amount of meat that was going to go into Mm -hmm. the meatball. Right. Well, you're making the meatball. You make the meatball X minus, like, 5%. And you take that 5% and and you cook cook it. it, And and everybody gets a little bit. And uh, maybe... Even if you don't even swallow it. Right, right, right. Num, 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 and spit it out. Do the ashens. Oh, fuck that. Well, you know... You, okay. It is, okay. It is, you know, there is search, such a thing as, like, you know, we don't know how safe it is to eat. I mean, theoretically, it should be fine. I mean, because the only right. thing they changed was the genetics. But, you know, maybe, maybe the mammoth DNA caused the cell to create, you know, uh, arsenic. Who knows? What if, what if we need mammoth meat to go to the next evolutionary level? Like, maybe that's what caused mankind to evolve to where we are is eating mammoth, and the reason we're stuck right now is because we haven't eaten mammoth in 4,000 years. I don't know. We're, I think we're probably well beyond what we were when we were eating mammoth. Okay. Can we accept that I don't want to eat a mammoth? Yes. Okay. I can accept that. Okay. Mike, what if you did like a turducken of extinct species? Like you I had, mean, how, okay, how there's a dodo in the mammoth, but like, what's the dodo in? So the dodo, it's got to be within the, the time in, frame of humans. Would be inside a Tasmanian tiger. I kind of think the dodo's bigger than the tiger. I thought the Tasmanian tiger was like large dog sized. It's not that big, I don't think. A dodo's about the size of like it's bigger than a chicken, but not like it's, a lot bigger. Than I chicken. don't know, man. You look up pictures; dodos are pretty big. Um, well, it's first to be a carrier pigeon inside a dodo inside. Oh, uh, my dodos were three feet tall, roughly. Okay. Hold on. Oh, 29 to 51 pounds. Yeah. They're heavier than I thought. Uh, Okay, the thylacine was only like 39 inches long. Well, still heavy. 39 to 51 inches. In general, it was 66 pounds, whereas a dodo topped out at about 51 pounds. So, okay, what we do is we cook a Tasmanian tiger, fold it up, 
stuff it in the dodo. Then we cook the dodo. No, no, you, you, put, you put a carrier pigeon in the dodo. Oh, I like this better. Okay, and the passenger dodo, pigeon. Well, I thought the carrier pigeon was extinct, too. I thought it was a passenger pigeon. I thought they were both extinct. I don't know, but the passenger pigeon I'm more interested in because, you know. Yeah. Okay, um, so that goes in the dodo. I can't think of anything slightly bigger than the dodo then that's extinct. Hmm. Okay, well, we take the dodo and we just shove it up the ass of the mammoth, right? No, you need you need some intermediaries there because the mammoth's pretty big. Um, we don't we're not prepared enough for this. I don't know nope, extinct nope. animals that off that much. Yeah, but I'm sure you could find some intermediate animals that to bridge the dodo to mammoth. Yeah. Yeah, probably. We just have to look into it. We'll try to have something for next week. And maybe David's got an idea. I'm sure he's sitting there screaming right now <laughs> at us going, what about the blah, blah, blah bird? Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. So, um, all right. So I'm, I'm upset that they didn't eat the meatball. They made a mammoth meatball and nobody fucking ate it. And the thing is, in the picture, Mike, there's little pieces that have fallen off the meatball. And I'm like, it's asking for it. Oh, here we go. So, um, could, how about a sea cow? Stellar's sea cow. That's a... Sea cow's a manatee, isn't yeah. it? Is it an extinct manatee? Stellar's, yeah. Sea is just, okay. Just hey, hey, that works. Because now we've got a bird... A Something. sea mammal, yeah, and uh, a giant mammal, a land mammal, yeah. Okay, that works. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Or how about the Yangtze River dolphin? Maybe. Just a thought. So, passenger pigeon in a dodo, in a stellar sea cow inside a woolly mammoth. My mouth's watering right now. And maybe since there's plenty of room you know, inside that mammoth next to the sea cow. You can also stuff like a Tasmanian wolf. Sure. Why not? Next to it. Tiger. Well, it says Tasmanian wolf, too, is extinct. Oh, damn. They just killed everything in Tasmania, didn't they? The Tasmanian wolf is tiny. Wow. Is it? Yeah. It's like a puppy? Uh, it's, it's like... Is it like that adorable little kitten cat that's like... You know, like a, a wild animal, but it looks it, like a kitten. It's it's like the size of, like, you know, a fashionable purse dog, it looks like. Okay, this I need to see. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I want one. If, if you could, like, keep it in a purse. Except it's kind of, you know, lanky. Right. Still, want one. Yeah. So, uh... What else you got for us, Mike? Have you got another um, story? So, did I ever, ever, ever... I can't remember. Did I talk about... Last time, did I talk about the... Uh, the the sushi terrorists? No. We talked so, about this in private. Okay. I, I know I talked about it. I couldn't remember where it was. But... Uh, Another one from the AP. 
that mm-hmm. Japanese police have arrested two men who posted a video on social media showing one eating pickled ginger with his chopsticks directly from a communal container at a famous beef bowl restaurant chain, part of a series of pranks that have hit sushi chains and become known as, quote, sushi terrorism. <laughs> God damn it. I, I kind of want to be a sushi terrorist and that I just want to eat sushi and then you're just threaten just, to keep doing it. You just want to be, who was that, uh, was that Louis Anderson that did the bit about the, uh, the, the buffet? No, that was, uh, John Panay. Oh, uh, you go, you go, you go now. now. Yeah. Kevin wants that, but just the sushi version. Yes. Yes. You'll be here for an hour. Well, oh, you're dead. Well, that's, that's Chinese. So in Japanese would be. I can't even do a Japanese. Yeah, accent. yeah, forget it. We'll, it'll be offensive if we do it. It's okay. Gaijin, get out. You eat too much sushi. Oh, wow. We're going to get in deep <laughs> trouble for this. So let's keep going. What else? What, 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 tell me about these guys. So, I mean, this is kind of a trend. This isn't the first one because this is like a beef bowl place. The first incident I heard about was a uh, conveyor belt sushi. But uh-huh. It's the same thing, just doing... You know, slight, you know, doing unhygienic kind of, you know, it's basically the kind of shit you would do as a teenager. But this sounds like the fact that it's happening, it's just now starting to happen in Japan means they're going down the fucking toilet, I guess. Oh, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Hmm. Shavs. Yeah. Shavs. They don't do anything in particular except like, I'm in your face. Like, like, like drinking directly out of the soy sauce bottle. Oh, Okay, you get you deserve what you get for that. And, you know, like, uh, messing with the conveyor belt sushi, like, you know. Yeah, like or licking pick, it or something. Yeah, licking yeah. it or picking, like, one roll off of the conveyor belt as it passes by. Motherfuckers. So. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be as mad about this as I am. <laughs> like, you're, you're ruining oh, it. So you're I, I you're ruining it for the whole okay, goddamn restaurant. Here's a problem. Uh-huh. I just found, here's another problem. I thought yeah. these were teenagers. Oh no! Police arrested Shimazu, thirty-five. Oh fuck! In March. Wow. And Oka, thirty-four. This week, both these, admitted the charges against them. These motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, if convicted of obstructing business, they could face up to three years in prison. Man, I'll tell you what, Japan doesn't fuck around. And fines up to $3,800 for property destruction. Holy shit. Oh, no, that's no, it's $3,800 for the uh, obstructing. And for property destruction, another three years and $2,280. So they, if, if not served concurrently, they, they're looking at up to six years and almost seven six thousand dollars in uh fines jesus all for you know uh taking the pickled ginger with their eating chopsticks wow because you're supposed to use a serving utensil yeah jesus I mean, yes, it's unhygienic and gross. And mean. That's, yeah, that's, wow. That's some that's some stiff penalties. It really is. So, oh, God. I don't, I don't know, man. I feel upset about it. 
And, and you you know, it makes sense because, like, hasn't the birth rate in Japan, like, dropped way the fuck off? So, of course, it's going to be 30-year-olds. Well, I mean, there's... They're going through arrested no, development. It's not that there's no one being I, born. I it's know. Just their, it's just their birth rate is, I think, slightly below replacement. So they're, From what they're, I understand, it's like that everywhere right now. Well, every... every it's like that in most uh, developed civilizations. Yeah. It's kind of... It plateaus and... I feel like in modern society, that's kind of where it leads. Yeah, so. I mean, well, there's just not the kind of drive to reproduce. Yeah. I mean, And there's not, also people like me that are like, I do not want to put a kid through being also, parented Also, I think it comes me. down to... Part of it is that, at least what I, what I would think and from my own, you know, experience is... It's just, you're too fucked up, like, not mentally, but, you know, socially. Oh, we're in a terrible world. You don't have enough resources. You don't feel like, you know, you're developed enough that, you know, if you do want some hanky-panky, more than likely you can take precautions and not have accidental. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you just never gets to be a time where you feel like, you know, hey let's have a kid because you know right you're on the grind you're you're treadmilling right you know well you know have a kid oh when we have a house oh when we have you know some retirement savings you know oh you know that that shit just doesn't come as much as it used to right that's what she said oh go that's terrible (sighs) but this the incident at this restaurant came just weeks after a series of pranks at sushi change that became known as sushi sushi terrorism Yeah, they crashed an airplane into a sushi roll. In one case, police in February arrested three people on suspicion of obstructing business by licking the top of a communal soy sauce container and grabbing sushi by hand from the revolving conveyor belt at a restaurant in central Japan. Oh, what the fuck? So, yeah, so they've been been doing it for the, the views, man. Oh, wow. Which further cements, uh social media in its current guise. I don't say social media is completely bad, but in its current guise, it is definitely the worst of humanity. Oh, definitely. Like, I think there is value in some form of social media, but we need to find that right, you know. Yeah. I feel like old internet might have been the way to go. <laughs> I, I think it... Yeah, I mean, when we had social media, it yeah, was, you know, forums, just, and yeah. there was consequences for your stupid shit. Yeah. There were rules and, you know, clear moderation. I think right. that's part of the problem is... Get corporations off it, the internet. It, it, in Well, not even just corporations, but in current social media's pandering to uh, advertisers, they don't want to limit their reach. Therefore, you know, they don't want to limit anyone enough they don't want right 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 i think i think a a good model for social media would be something you have to like pay into so you have accountability right and you know if you fuck up like say a website where you have to pay ten dollars to join the forums yeah i mean it worked pretty damn well (laughs) it really did i mean it, it made you have a consequence yeah and it meant that you know every five year old or five-year-old. Every twelve-year-old can't jump in, right? And you know, post racial slurs yeah. all over the place, and 
just come back with a uh, parachute once they get banned. Yeah. So now that we're done being old men. Old? Okay, I guess. I guess that counts. Old yeah, men. I mean, you know, the whole old internet thing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of, I'm sure you can hear it. We're currently in the, the tin shack tonight. It is raining. Yes. And you can obviously hear it. I feel like we should be telling ghost stories right now. Ooh, Ooh spooky. So, uh, I'm out of stories, Mike. Have you got so, anything else? Yeah, I was going to say, I have one more little thing I came across in dredging for the weird news. Okay, so cool. I, I I don't know if I've said it on here before, but I'm originally from, I was born and raised up until through middle school in Louisiana. Oh, we've talked about it. And so uh, a Louisiana woman recaptures the world record with a 5.41 foot afro. Whoa! World, rec- world record afro. That's circumference, obviously. Yeah. No. Still. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, uh, so April six, you know, Louisiana, Louisiana woman recaptured the Guinness World Record with her afro hairstyle, was measured at nine point eight inches tall, ten point four inches wide, with a five point four one foot circumference. Holy shit! Avon Dugas, forty seven, of Reserve. First held the first held the world record for largest afro on the living person female in 2010, when her hair had a circumference of four feet four inches. The record was then broken in 2020 by New, by New York woman Simone Williams, whose hair measured four feet ten inches in circumference. Guinness World Records has confirmed Dugas has now recaptured the title. She has been uh, growing, huh. growing her hair out for 24 years. Wow. She says she was uh, tired of using dangerous chemicals to permanently straighten her hair. Uh, those chemicals have now been linked with cancer, and there's a major lawsuit, so she's glad she left them behind years ago. She says she wears her hair in a variety of styles, but the afro comes out for special occasions because it's... It's very difficult to deal with, apparently. Yeah. Like, with that much afro, I mean, yeah, that's, but that's quite a lot. I will say I'm all about people that, you know, like African-Americans having natural hair. Yeah. That's, that is great. But, you know, I mean, I, there's a little video accompanying this article if you want to see. But, yeah, it's it's huge. And I can see how, yeah, just getting into a car would be difficult. Oh, Obviously, that's why you have like a, a headband or like a, I don't, I, I almost said tarp and that's ridiculous. <laughs> and the rain just got louder. So fantastic. But yeah. So, so bringing it back to my hometown, well, not hometown, but home state. Yeah. I have no idea where, uh, uh, where did she say she was from? I read it. Reserve. Yes. Reserve, Louisiana. Don't know where that is. I don't know. Interesting. So that's that's it. Do we have another section to go on to? Uh, well, I've got a fun little thing I uh, I've been wanting to do. It's it's sort of like X, but it's called Reddit already. Uh, is it? You know, it, it, it's a pun or a play on words. Yes. Uh, I've started going on Reddit more frequently. I'm sorry. I yeah same. But uh, one of the reddits I'm in is r slash discordian, go figure. Like David said, I've become a zealot. So, 
there are various uh, fake holidays that the Discordians observe, like Moosemas and uh, stuff like that. But one of my favorite, not one of my favorites, one of the ones I just learned about is called Maybe Day 2023. I'm like, huh, what's that? And there's a link to the PrinciPiaDiscordia.com forums and the thread Maybe Day 2023. And it's got like a Loch Ness monster and like a neat little logo. And uh, it says you can take. It's basically celebrating the work of Robert Anton Wilson, who was the uh, founder, not founder. He's the author of the Illuminatus trilogy, and he is like one of the major Discordian writers. And I was like, I wonder what the deal is. So I go uh, to MaybeDay.net. No, I didn't. I thought I did. Hang on one sec. I'm going there. Uh, but yeah, you, you go, and I'm, I'm like, ooh, what is it? And Mike, Discordianism is old. Yeah. You know, it started in 59 or 58, depending on how drunk the guys were. Uh, and I go to the newtrajectories.com, or new-trajectories.com website, like, it turns out Maybe Day is a fucking web ring. Yeah. And it's still active. And I'm kind of like, that tracks with how old this shit is. And I mean, there's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just blown away that it's a web ring. Yeah. God, I haven't thought about those in ages. I tell you, Jesus Christ, it sounds like uh, we're gonna die almost with the rain, and now you're molesting a cat. Well, she's like getting into stuff because I won't let her on my lap because I'm podcasting. Hey, so I just saw the picture of uh, the lady with the afro. Yes, that's badass. Yeah, and that's these days. I remember photos of people in my sister's high school yearbook with bigger afros than that. Oh yeah, but that's current. Also. That really works on her, and she is rocking the shit out of that yeah, thing. Do. So, awesome. So, Mike, hmm. my friend, yes. my co-host, yes. my amigo, my heterosexual yep. life partner. Uh, we're going a little far there, but okay. okay. Uh, we got questions. Okay. Cat so. has questions. Cat's asking me, why the fuck aren't you picking me up again? Uh, let's see. So, we've got... A backlog from the past oh, wow. few weeks. I, I thought we just didn't have any. No, no, we just we ran long the uh, last few times. Okay, makes sense. So, and we don't do them on regular episodes now, so it's just uh, on weekend weird episodes. So I'll ask questions and we'll talk about them. Sure. And they've be- got questions. We have dumb looks. If you have answers, we would love to provide some questions for you. So, uh. Ghost Forge, starting with Ghost Forge, as always. Given how little we know about the collapse of many ancient civilizations, do you think that there's room for the supernatural or the sudden lack thereof to be involved? Um, like, do you think supernatural stuff could be the cause of the collapse of a civilization? I don't know. There's usually pretty well-documented reasons of people being fucking idiots to oh, absolutely. explain them. 
Like, okay, though, uh, Atlantis allegedly was uh, supernatural. That it was either be, that, it was it, either sank by uh uh uh, uh what's his name? The fucking Poseidon. Poseidon. Thank you, Jesus or Neptune. Christ. Uh, it was Poseidon because his uh, Greek mm-hmm. uh, was the source of it. So um, Poseidon sank it, or they fucked up their Oregon energy crystals by fucking dinosaurs. And, and yeah, they, they the the crystals were needed to keep the island afloat or some shit. Something I don't know, but yeah, they no, were if, fucking if, dinosaurs. Yeah, Ad- Atlantis. You know, sure. It, it, it itself is a supernatural thing. Right. So if it if it if its society collapsed, then yes, it was probably supernaturally caused as well. Yes, but like uh, <laughs> as far as like real civilizations, like um, a lot of times it was just uh, environmental or shit. We can't grow food here because nobody had figured out like crop rotations. Yeah, or you know. Just I mean, there's there's a couple of things where like there are rumors of like some pygmies that were uh, killed by uh, supernaturally large storks in Australia and the Polynesian Islands, but, you know, that's dumb. Yeah. So if you want to go with pygmies killed by giant birds and they were at war with them for centuries, that's not really supernatural. It's still just weird. Yeah, it would just be kind of natural natural. It's well, it's strange, but it's, natural. Yeah, it's strange, but it's just natural. And, or like, and we aren't talking about storks with yeah. the big flaps. I just picture, like, pygmies in the flaps screaming. Yeah. Ah! You know, in these big fleshy bags under the bills. So that's that's just me. Uh, let me see. Uh, no how, I think, is how you pronounce this. I apologize. Fairly recent member of the forums, I think. Uh, forums. Old internet kicking in there. Uh, anyway, it's spelled N-O-H-U-A. Know how? Anyway, their question is, how do you all feel about gravity wells? Like the idea an area is just naturally cursed in some way. Uh, now I'm familiar with the... Uh, cosmological concept of gravity wells. Yeah. I guess they're talking about like the you know the uh, the weird spot. Yeah, that sounds like they're talking about like a bad juju spot, like a right, ley line right, or right. some shit. Or yeah, like a fairy ring or something where shit just happens. Um, can I can I go first? Yes, doesn't exist. Next question. Okay, no. <laughs> God you, damn you, it. you go ahead. But you, I had to get mine in there. I feel. Uh, being the woo, you know, having my foot dangling in the woo, as I do, I do feel like some areas sort of, uh, accumulate negative vibes. I, I think that that is a thing. Um, and I think maybe sometimes that's where hauntings come from. I don't, I don't know. I, cause like, I, I'd never want to go back in my grandmother's house in Vicksburg because that woman was just straight up evil and you could feel it even when she wasn't there. So here's my question always with this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. What's it tied to? 
I don't know. So, because is it the location? Because location's always changing. And location is, it, is relative in the cosmic it, sense. If you, if, like with the house analogy, if you or move, is it the material? If you move the house, would it move the the, the phenomenon? Yeah, that's a question. Is it is it soaked into the walls? Um, and if you took the house apart and like built thirty different houses with the same with parts of the same material. But it all the same thing. That goes into the idea of a haunted object, which there have been situations of hauntings reported uh, where, like, material from the previous haunted house was used in the construction of a new house. Like, uh, uh, the door... I don't remember where it is. There's some place that has the door of uh, the house where the Manson family killed... uh, What's her name? Yeah. And that house has got some fucked up vibes going on. So, so I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe it soaks into the material somehow. But, so, the problem also is that there's so much people think thinking of... Uh, no, how am I trying to say this? Uh, it's all bullshit? That people <laughs> already have fucked up interpretations and feelings about things anyway it's it's like you can't i don't know i it, my bullshit detectors are screaming but i don't I have understand. a way to articulate i i understand i totally uh i totally understand where you're coming from and i would totally agree with you except for just personal experience and that's the only thing i've got to throw at that i i can't but your personal experience is from when you were, you know, a kid. Sure. And you already but knew. I did the, go back as a teenager. But you and already it, had history yes, there. Yes, yes, That's what yes. you're feeling is your yes. past emotions. But other people said just going in that house, it felt wrong. So, I don't know. It's, again, this is all just personal experience probably and just, belief. Probably just, you know, was uncomfortable in there. Like, I mean, shit. It probably it could smelled be, like old feet. It could be black mold that too i don't know but that's just a guess i'm i'm you know also again this is my belief so and there's stuff i want to believe and don't and then there's stuff i want to believe and i believe it for my own reasons so that that's just me and i mean just looking old and creepy too gives it is it is like when i went to that uh that haunted prison oh yeah, yeah. pennsylvania and, right yeah, it was old and dilapidated and you know yeah looked like that's you the know, famous one right gothic insane asylum yeah and so you there's know, just, some places that just feel creepy just, because of reasons just going in there was a little i mean it was i didn't feel like scared or anything sure it was definitely felt weird just because it was a new place that was right you know really old and mm-hmm. was a prison so it's already just from the get-go has weird connotations and uh-huh. uh just everything looks off from what you're used to but sure. then again a hospital gives me the same vibes some hospitals do all hospitals do they just very, i'm talking about me i'm just I mean, saying they're very Look, nobody goes well, into a hospital and feels comfortable. There's no happy stories in a hospital except well, for there birth. are, but no, because you know people get cured of stuff. Okay, and, sure, but there's a lot of saying, dead people. But you go into a hospital and inevitably it just feels weird because it's a very sterile clinical 
place that you don't have any good associations with. It's like, or like a mall. Like, a mall during the day feels normal. A mall at night with no people in it feels weird. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's outside your normal. Okay, here's a good thing. I work security nights a lot. Like you, for, you're, for you're talking years. about liminal spaces, basically. Yeah. So I got used to these buildings at night with nobody in them. Oh, like, yeah. At I first, it was a little creepy because, you know, they're just big, empty buildings, but that was the yeah. norm. And it got, you know what? It, it was weird when people were there to me. Yeah, no, I totally understand. And I had the same thing when I worked at uh, the mall. You know, you go in before hours and it's empty as hell. And suddenly you realize, I'm just in a giant enclosed well, space. But, but you, I don't think you missed the point I was saying is that it, it got, got the, weird when there were people. Yeah, there. because yeah. I was used to it being empty. Yeah. I was kind of like my, my, I was there at night when, you know, nobody was there. So the few times I had to work into business hours, it's like, God, all these people are around. They're just like, get the fuck here. away. Get out. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand. So Holly has a question and uh, she asks, does anyone work or has previously worked in a haunted location? I had another incident with Pan Phantasma today and I'm wondering how often it happens to people. She works at a Panera Bread, I believe. So that's why the Pan Phantasma. Uh, Roses was haunted. Okay. Like somebody died there. And there were a lot of weird things that would happen, except when you worked there. I was a stabilizer. Dude, we talked about this in a previous episode. The weird shit that happens in my life has gone down since you and I have moved in together. So, thank you for that. Uh, But, like, weird shit happened at Rose's all the time, like something would ring the call buttons at the old registers while we were waiting outside to be let in in the mornings. Um, weird shit would happen on the, the third floor. It was usually up there, like in the layaway area. Yeah. Or where we kept the shelves. Like, weird shit would happen. Like, other stock guys would tell me about weird shit, and I had weird shit happen. Like, I had a... Uh, like, I went around the corner at Christmas time. There's just layaways all over the floor. And when I came back around the corner, it was like the books in Ghostbusters. Yeah. They were just stacked to the ceiling. And I, like, I literally walked around the corner, grabbed a box, came back, and that, like, the stuff I climbed over was stacked up. And I freaked the fuck out and ran. And I still don't know what happened because I was the only stock guy there. I mean, you know, I, I try not to, you know, but I... I had a psychotic episode. Is that where you're going? No, it's just... So, all these uh, all these things of people seeing things mysteriously happen, but, you know, no in-progress in happening... Yeah. Probably it's, means it was just, you know someone stacked it up or you just didn't notice it was stacked up. Like I said, I had to climb over them to get to where I was going. And then when I came around the corner, the piles were stacked to the side. And I'm like, maybe you did it and forgot in 30 seconds. No, I, I, nah, 
They'll also make a lot of noise if you know it was that. I, w- I would have thought so too, but you know, again, this is this is weird. So I don't have an explanation. I don't think I did it. I don't know. I mean, the amount of times I forgot I did something and did something. You know. uh, yeah, but I was younger. I wasn't that absent-minded back then. Now, yes, totally. I would. Gl- I would fully admit yeah i probably did but like back then i don't know but i i mean i can't say i've worked anywhere that i knew was haunted or lived anywhere i knew was haunted or you know or was purported to be haunted well clark says the store's haunted but i have seen no evidence of that i think i think you'd probably say anything's haunted who clark yeah yeah maybe but I, I haven't seen any proof I mean, is, or evidence of it. It is old, and it was like, you know... A lot of other things. It was a nightclub, so there's definitely bodies. Oh, there's a there's there. somebody died of a cocaine OD. Yeah, in like the bathroom or something. Oh, sure, or, yeah. Or, you know, the, the first liquor store that was there was like apparently run by people that had drug ties. Oh, yeah, they sold it. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, there there's definitely some death in there somewhere right but, so you know. yeah so sam has a question mm-hmm. popular tv shows as mass chaos ritual yes specifically the littles well that was more of propaganda ah yeah okay fair but that was scientology propaganda that there's okay a okay Fair, but I still think like it kind of works in that, that same because chaos Muppet babies. Yeah, well, chaos magic is definitely using stuff that normally might not be considered magic. It's all about intent, and I feel like it was inadvertently a chaos magic ritual trying to convert people to Scientology, but that's just. It, we're arguing semantics at this point, but it's still like a mass attempt at something. Well, yeah. But, yeah. You know. um, now, Ghost at this War- point, you're just, you know, you're just calling... Everything's you're calling, magic. You're calling... You're, you're just saying that propaganda is chaos magic. Kinda. But, but Kevin... Chaos magicians would say Kevin, it is. Kevin, you're not immune to propaganda. I mean, propaganda is le- a legit thing, and just saying it's chaos yeah. magic is kind of dumb sure fair i mean propaganda is i mean it's there just like advertising it exists because it works right and that's Um, just psychology yeah nothing magical about it well yeah i mean there there is like a psychological uh you know what we'll save that for the episode on chaos magic we're planning but uh it's like saying uh my flamethrower is a pyro magic. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, I could see that. I can't think of one offhand. Then that is, I mean, just because I mean, in, in this case, you're just talking about magic being, you know, something you don't understand the mechanism of. Well, I mean, I understand propaganda and advertising. Yeah. So technically, no. I guess it's not then, but I can't think of a TV show. That was a mass chaos, uh, mass chaos I, magic ritual. I can. What? 
It was a uh, Night Rider convincing us uh, David Hasselhoff was a good actor. Ooh, damn, son. <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. I like that. Now, the funny thing is, Ghostforge followed that up, said, Sam, I'll see your Chaos Magic popular TV and raise you children sing-along TV shows that are tools to summon elder things. And I got an answer for that, joke or serious, whatever. Have you got one? Uh, I was going to say, if that was possible, it would have already happened, and Barney the Purple That's Destroyer exactly would have destroyed us. what I was going to say, is Barney. Barney's or, or Blue's my answer. Clues. No, Blue's Clues... No, Blue's Clues is fine. <laughs> I was going to say, but if, if, but if it was possible to summon something with you know, children's television, it would have already happened with those... It was an attempt. Those super popular... Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it was successful. I'm just saying it or, was an or attempt. Or Teletubbies. It's a tool to do it, but it didn't work. Teletubbies. Oh, God. I, those are eldritch monsters. Yeah. Tinky Winky. Poe. Ookie Bookie. I don't know what their other names are. Uh, it's uh. You only know Tinky Winky and Poe. Tinky like Winky, Poe, Lala. Oh, Lala, yeah. And um, Carmichael. I think it's Mephistopheles. Carmichael. Carmichael. Yes. Right. Carmichael. It's a Tinky Winky, Lala, Poe, and Carmichael. Those are the Teletubbies. Uh, but I no Barney's obviously a, uh, an attempt to summon an eldritch horror, uh, and it didn't work because uh, Gozer never showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kick Acetron asked, will the Bat Squatch return to give us another warning of impending doom, or is he chill now? Which, Bat Squatch, uh, Mothman, kind of depends. I mean, I don't know. We've, we've got like this weird thing going on at O'Hare still, where there are still sightings of a large black winged something that they call a Birdman, which... Mothman didn't look like a moth, Mike. Yeah. They called him Mothman because the Batman TV show was popular. Yeah. Mothman was a bird dude. Okay. So, the descriptions uh, of the creature that are being spotted by the baggage handlers at O'Hare lines up with the original uh, Mothman sightings. So... Uh, yeah, I think something, you know, there's something going on. Sure, why not? I don't think he's chill. That's what I'm getting down to. How about you? Uh, give me a, your serious answer is, is it's all bullshit. I know that. Give me yeah. your joke answer. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of got nothing here. Okay. Sorry. You think he's out for meatloaf? I mean, maybe it's just Nookie. Oh, he's out for Nookie. Yeah. Well, you know, he will eat your entire ass at a Denny's. Yeah. So that that's a thing. I still, I don't know. I like the term bat squatch. He's just cruising for some ass. He's cruising for ass. Yeah. Yeah, I've told you about what bat squatch is, right? Um, 
Probably, but... It's just a Bigfoot with bat wings. Oh, God, that's even dumber than I expected it to be. <laughs> what, you th- what were you expecting with a name like Bat Squatch? I, I don't know. Man. It's, it's it's kind of... Oh, don't you remember that song by the uh, the, the Smashing Pumpkins? Uh, Bigfoot with bat wings? Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good song. Uh, well, that's all the questions we got. Uh, Mike, have you got anything else you want to follow up with? Um, nah, I'm good. Okay, well, uh, before we do close, I want to thank uh, one of our co-workers, Juan, uh, has been giving us books lately as he's cleaning out his garage, and a surprising number of them are Super relevant to the show. We have got Smokey and the Falk Monster from him, like an original first edition. That is, the first editions are extremely rare because they were not a, a a a big run. It's written by one of the witnesses of the Falk Monster. David lost his shit when uh, I sent him pictures of this thing. And uh, he also gave us a great book that's going to come in handy when we do the episode about famous skeptics. It's called Flim Flam. It's by the amazing Randy. Yeah, I should read that one. You, it's in the other room. I'll bring it to you. It's uh, James Randy, and it's all about how psychic shit is fake. Yeah. Yeah. You get him, Randy. Yeah. And uh, it also advertises one of his other books uh, about just an entire book shitting on Yuri Geller, which I am all about that, man. Like, I'm all about psychic stuff, but, like, not that guy or, like, you know, uh, John Edwards. So I just want to thank Juan for, you know, those books. So yeah, no, we it's it's gonna we we may come back to Falk after uh, I re- oh my god, excuse me, hiccups. Uh, I may come back to Falk after I've read that book, but man, it's not an easy read. <laughs> but very first sentence in the book is, "I'm not a writer." And I'm like, thank God for honesty. You know, not like these guys that can't write and then act like they can write so anyway thank you everyone for listening i really we both really appreciate it i'm sure david does too even though right now david is a listener so i'll just say you can find us uh you can find everything you need to know about the podcast at supernetpod.rocks you can find us on what's the thing called mastodon we are at SupernetPod at HorrorHub.club. You can also, in our bio there, find links to our individual Mastodon accounts. Uh, that's about it for plugs, other than, you know, join us on our Patreon. And, uh, Mike, have you got anything to plug? Um, gosh, I think I... I don't know. I really need to come up with something to do with this section. Like, I don't have any solo projects per se but i don't know let me think on that okay you should start writing again i know but i'm lazy i mean hell i've started writing i'm lazy i know 
Well, anyway, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. So until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Good night. Meow, 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 meow. The cat's gone, so I can't make her meow or anything. God damn it. You let her get away.